Welcome along to episode 53 of The Endless Stream. This is season 2, episode 1, or episode 53. We took a week off after a year's worth of podcasting and we're back. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Kevin and we have a guest. We have Ryan from the Across the Bifrost podcast. Each week they release a podcast talking about all things Thor, whether it be comics, television, movies, or wherever he pops up. They look at the retro content, they look at the current issues. Uh, it's a good, fun podcast, and it's really worth checking out. That's Across the Bifrost. He joins us today to talk about what he's watching, what he's looking forward to, and we're going to dig through the, uh, well, season four, but broadly, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime. Kev comes in late and joins us for the end. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading over to iTunes, give it a like and subscribe. That really helps us out. Give us give us a review, rate and review. You'd imagine after 52 episodes, I'd have figured out how to say that one. For additional content, head over to Instagram at The Endless Cast, where we put up pictures and clips and engage with the audience over there. So if you want to tell us we're wrong about something, you can comment or you can direct messages there. Or if you'd like to suggest something for us to watch, you can do that there, but you can also go old school and send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. So, jumping into the first hour of this with myself and Ryan, let's get into the episode. Um, right, well, we are joined this week by... Uh, I dropped my pen immediately. We are joined this week by Ryan Doze of the Across the Bifrost podcast. All things Thor, Odin, and Asgard. You betcha. It's good to be here, Aiden. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. We're, yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about... Get to know you a little bit. I don't know if you listened to some of the episodes that we had with Death I have, Sony and I have. Koi he- Fam on as well. I heard you guys were talking about Reign of Fire and I had to listen because <sighs> that movie is like so far out there and crazy. Uh, and I, I loved it. Yeah. It's funny when you're talking about a movie that took place, what, like 25 years ago or something like that. I'm just like, how are they going to break this movie down? And I thought you guys were pretty fair to it. I thought you guys were pretty fair to it. So I, I enjoyed it. I think that was it. I- I, w- I went in kind of probably prepared to slate it, but I was like, no, I'm, in- I'm enjoying this more than I remembered it, you know? That was one of those movies that I- I've only seen it a handful of times, and every time I've watched it, just like, oh, man, this movie is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. And I was like, but that that's why I keep coming back to it, because it's so ridiculous. I, I-, yeah. I really enjoyed I enjoyed that it was a movie that, I really haven't heard spoken about in for forever. And you guys were like, yeah, let's do it. Like, what the heck? Let's do it. Uh, I enjoy, I enjoyed that. It wasn't exactly a, a hot button movie at the time, but you guys were like, what the heck? Let's give it. It's, it's just due. Well, it, it's funny as well that like, I do remember at the time that like the fact that pretty boy rom-com star, Matthew McConaughey had shaved his head, <laughs> grown a beard and was sucking on a cigar. It was right. like, he's a method actor now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. He was, he, he looked like, he reminded me of cable from the X-Men. He did like a yeah. full pretty boy switch to this rugged post-apocalyptic tough guy. And it was like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. And then you've got, uh, was it, you've got, um, Oh my goodness. I'm trying to remember, um, He's oh, you got one of my favorite actors, Gerard Butler, is in that as like a supporting role. I think that's where my yeah. love of Gerard Butler started, and obviously Christian Bale's in it. Just it's a great it's a great cast, uh, but I really yeah. enjoyed I really enjoyed that that movie was discussed in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> well, like just on just on the cast thing, I I spotted um, Alexander Sadiq, who is uh, Doctor Bashir from Deep Space Nine. Okay, was like the radio operator. I don't know if you watched Star Trek Deep Space Nine, but like 
I love that show, and it's like he pops up occasionally. He's in Game of Thrones as well as one of the the um, Oberon's family and the, the Sand Vipers family. He's the guy in the wheelchair. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, now I know exactly what you're talking about because I am rewatching Game of Thrones for the third time now, um, and I am because I'm getting ready for House of the Dragon before it comes out this yeah. year. And uh, who man, I haven't even. I, we're in season two right now, so I haven't even uh, haven't even been to Sunspear this this time around yet. Oh man, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, he's. Um, I don't know. I, I really liked him and Chief O'Brien's relationship in that show. Like I grew up on that. Yeah. That Star Trek show was my favorite one, and then I was like, where did they go? You know. And so I like seeing him pop up, and he's just there, like calling in the radio for <laughs> Christian Bale. And uh, I'm I'm more of a next generation guy. I I uh, haven't watched any other Star Trek series all the way through except for Next Generation. Okay. Uh, but I've heard that I need to give Deep Space Nine a look because it's a very different yeah. Star Trek show. And that that's it. Like, um, I'm I'm sort of I go I watch kind of everything, but I'm really not a big fan of discovery and picard and what they're doing it, it got very sort of action and everything needs to be dark and there's lots of explosions and yeah, yeah. And running and screaming and shouting and like i would be a next gen guy deep space nine is kind of responsible for that skew off but they did it just enough that they, they yeah. walked a line on it and then they went oh this was a cool thing we did that was either character and then they just went a whole hog down let's make alley. everything this <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the section, whatever the the black ops unit of the the Federation kind of rears its head for the sort of first time in Deep Space Nine. I, yeah. I think I could be wrong. Um, and then they were just like, "Hey, we've got this opportunity to be dark." But let's go from being an intergalactic uh, peacekeeping organization to like, let's just blow stuff up all the time now. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one episode of. Deep Space Nine, and we're way off topic, but that's the way I like it. Um, <laughs> the Endless Stream, a, uh, a, a stream of consciousness, a kind of sort of Star Trek podcast this time around. Yeah, um, there's one episode of it where it's all told through Commander Cisco flashback narration, telling you his like what his log basically. This is what happened on this day and this day. And by the time you get to the end of the story, he's basically getting off his chest that he just assassinated a Romulan ambassador in order to make it look like their enemy had done it. In order to bring the Romulans into the war on their side. And it's like, I have never seen Star Trek be as dark as that. Yeah. Like the captain just assassinated a, a foreign dignitary in order to bring them into a war. Crazy. Yeah, no, it's uh it that that would that would definitely be out of character for a Star Trek show to even imply that a that alone your main character. I mean, Cisco. Again, I've never seen Deep Space Nine, um, mm-hmm. but I know enough about it that like Cisco is like the man in that show. Yeah, and yeah. he's not he's not really cast as an antihero. I don't believe, but not really. He's he's supposed to be. He's this very very like oh god this paragon kind of character but he, he right he he gets his hands dirty as the show goes on yeah like most of the captains in star trek they're this like mm-hmm. no if, if they are doing it it must be the right thing to do i mean picard is all that way mm-hmm. you know uh kirk a little bit you know he's a little bit shoot from the hip but uh mm-hmm. but yeah cisco is more in the picard kind of vein from what i know about the shows mm-hmm. um yeah. And we've successfully gone to a, a different quadrant of this conversation now, which I love. That's cool. Like, like that's that. I mean, that's what our two-hour wanders usually are. Um, but 
I guess we should start with, like, Across the Bifrost. Like, you're very focused. You guys are, like, Thor, Thor, Thor. And I was even yes. listening to, like, I went out for a walk after work to just get up to speed or catch up as well. And I listened to your, like, most recent two episodes, like, the new the, the new comic book issue. Yeah. And, like, new comic books. Even when you got to the third one, it was just, like, it's, it's Alligator Loki. It's yep. still got the Thor angle, which is great. Wh- what is it about... Thor specifically that you were like I'm going to focus on this just a deep love of it through life or like it's just got such a catalog that you can go through it's great fodder for a podcast well actually it's really all of that um Hmm. I so my history with the character uh I I remember as a kid being just fascinated with fantasy and sci-fi like you know Star Wars Lord of the Rings all of that and superheroes was actually kind of late to the game for me I started liking superheroes, but I I didn't live in a town big enough for a comic book store. I wasn't able to get comics regularly. My dad was not one of those collectors where I just, you know, I found a long box one day and I just started rifling through it. I, I got comics and, you know, books like that through the Scholastics book fair over here in the States. And that didn't come around, but once a, once a year. So I got it very Mm -hmm. sparingly, but then these things called Marvel movies started coming out. And I remember I was like, Iron Man. Okay, cool. Like my, my, some, some people might not know or have heard on my show. My first comic was actually an Iron Man comic. So it wasn't even that, that Thor was like my first comic. It was actually an Iron Man comic. So Iron Man came out. And I was, was, like, oh. was that after the MCU movies that you went, I'm going to dig into the comics world or was your Iron Man comic yeah, when it, you were Yeah, it was younger? actually because of, I had watched the cartoons as a kid, like, you know, the old X-Men cartoons and that kind of stuff. And I knew of superheroes, but it wasn't until the movies started coming out that I was like, oh my gosh, they still make comics. I had, I mean, I was, I grew up a small rural kid who didn't even really realize that comics were still coming out. I thought they were decades old things that were just kind of, you know, uh, thrown to history at that point. But once I realized comics were coming out, I was like, who is this God with a hammer who like is he's part superhero, but he's also like part fantasy, you know, fantasy, you know, sword and sorcery hero guy. I I loved him because he come, he combined all the things that I, loved about fantasy and all the things that I was starting to love about superheroes. And I was like, yeah, this is my guy. Uh, and really from there, I started reading comics. I, when I could get to a comic book store, I would pick up any type of issue that was coming out and I would piece together these runs. And eventually I got Marvel unlimited and movies kept coming out. And I just kind of, it spiraled from there as that was happening. I, I, I always knew I wanted to do something with communication. Podcasting was, you know, I'd listened to thousands of hours of podcasts and I thought it was kind of one of those things like it was unattainable. Like you had to be special to have a podcast and we know like you don't have to be special. You just have to have a few different things and you have to find something that you want to talk about. And I thought to myself, well, uh, I don't really know about a serious topic that I want to talk about. So why don't I just test something? I mean, across the Bifrost started as a test. It wasn't supposed to be anything, <laughs> you know, I, a friend, a friend had recommended, like, if you want to try podcasting, just give an idea a shot for like 10 episodes and see how it goes. And I did. And at the end of 10 episodes, I was like, oh no, I got, I've got the itch now. And so, yeah, it spiraled uh, from that. And uh, Thor, like you said, he has, he has a 60 year catalog. Um, I mean, the, this is the 60th anniversary of the character this year. And 
he has, uh, as of next month, he will have had 750 issues of his own solo book. That's not even counting Avengers. That's not counting books that he's guested in. That's not counting limited series. But his 750th issue is coming out next month. So, yeah, there's a big catalog there. I've got a big love for the character and uh, a love for doing it through the art of podcasting. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got to today. And it's um, amazing. Yeah, almost almost a year into this, and I I love it more today than I did on the day that I started which is a good sign. It's a good sign. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I'm like, this is, so we took a week off last week. Yeah. And it's the first, like we did a full year, took a week off. And this is like the season two. First <laughs> episode of season two is the way I'm putting nice. it. Nice. Premiere episode. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. That's it. I, I, I kind of got into comics. Like, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, <laughs> man, I wish, I wish I had a funnier, wittier Feel free answer to say to no. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Mrs. Maisel to get ready for this conversation. So I feel like I need to be witty and funny. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'm a uh, boring answer. I am 31. I'm 31 years old. Okay. That's cool. That, yeah. That's a bit of it. like, it's just when you started saying the, the MCU movies where you sort of weigh into it. I'm like, Oh wait. I've been listening to podcasts where people are 22. There's an off chance that this guy's way younger than me. Uh, I, um, I remember. I, well, I remember the first, actually, the first superhero movies I remember watching, I, I should have said this, was the original X-Men movies. Um, yeah. You know, the Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, uh, and then, of course, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man came out. Like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like, because... We weren't. We hadn't been taught to expect five superhero movies a year at that point. It's a. It's a. It's a lot at this point, isn't it? <laughs> oh my! It's. It's. It. Some might say almost too much. Um. That it's a. It's a. It's a flood. But I remember like the first Spider-Man movie. I was like, "What is this world? Like this is insane." I got into comics. Like I think I was like, like there's real kids comics over here called the Beano and the Dandy that are sort of UK and Ireland specific and like they've they've been running forever. Okay. Um but like American style comics were just sort of slowly creeping in and like the X-Men TV series was sort of how I got some of that stuff in the Spider-Man cartoon in the early 90s. Yeah. But I had a neighbor who was like they'd moved in recently they were doing um just uh, refurbishing work in their like garage at the end of their garden. And the previous owners had just left a shit ton of comics what? in there. And they threw them all out. They threw them all out into a dumpster. And me and my brother kind of got wind of this. And we were like <laughs> 10-year-old boys just pulling out 1970s comics. Like just lifting bags of garbage out of the way and like going, that's a Thor. That's this a- is an action comic World War Two. Like Spider-Man. Like, so we we have Spider-Man. These- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they were in like rag order, but like I was trying to like, like of this issue of Thor where like the cover's just torn, gone off it and maybe the first page as well. But it's like him wearing like welder's goggles, holding Mjolnir into, into the, the, me. the fires of the, the fires of the furnace of Pittsburgh. The only place on earth where he could reforge Mjolnir. Like, I, lo- I just really oh. got so funny. The, I actually, ju- I, so on my show, we do throwback episodes where we look at issues of Thor from way back when yeah. we just did that uh, like a few months we ago. That one. And I was like, the premise of this comic is so insane that he, he, Thor must, he must go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now keep in mind, this hammer was forged in the dwarf region of the nine realms, Nidavellir, yeah. and it's forged out of Uru metal that only... Odin and the dwarves uh, Pittsburgh uh, but no 
let's go check out a Steelers game and go to Pittsburgh because this hammer's yeah. got to be fixed. Like, <laughs> come on. Even at like 10, I thought that was so funny. You know, oh, it's, just it's, like... it's, a, it's a bonkers premise. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Man, so you're just rifling through bags of, of you know, trash. Yeah, I try, to... try not to think about what else was in there, but we were, we've like, I've got, like, I still look at it like I've got a shelf over here and they're just, we just can't, like, like, Amer- like, English sort of World War Two, post World War Two comics had a mm. like a very square format. Like they're a bit taller than normal comics and square, okay. and oh, they're cool. just like you know they're they're like Marine and Commando and Spitfire stories. And then I've got they would reprint Iron Man and Captain America, but in that same sort of like big format or yeah. in like a very wide format for some reason, like narrower and wider. So I've got the Death of Gwen Stacy, but it's like the seventies edition. And it's like it's like. It's like that size, but horizontal, like like even longer. Weird. It's such a weird format, you know. That um, almost reminds me of like um, like I've seen like Calvin and Hobbes collected editions where it's a long, yeah. it's a long page. Uh, that it exactly. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so it's kind of like that when uh when they do like comic strip comics as a collected edition. That's interesting. Yeah. I really yes. That piques my interest a lot. I would love some. Some UK formatted uh, comics. Some, some. You said that's for for Irish comics, UK stuff. That's like a normal thing for how they format stuff. That that seems to have been how they were reprinting stuff in the seventies for a period okay. of time. Like they're, they're even they're black and white as well. Like they 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 ditched the color altogether in many cases and just like it's cheaper to print it on this horizontal newsprint that we have left over. <laughs> and Interesting bundle them up I'll, I'll take a few snaps and send them to please you please do i would love to um, see that that like that i so not only do i love thor i love like comic history like mm. of how they made how they made these i mean these guys are artists and how they yeah. actually the process of how things get made is sometimes mm. more interesting than the story you're actually reading it's like the it's a it's a more intriguing thing of how that story got there so that's why that like horizontal comics like it sounds like why is that such a big deal? Like, well, mm. I've never seen one. I've never yeah. held one in my hands. It's that like that. So, how oh, that's very cool. I I would so, enjoy. So, like, I was just, I was trying to just. There were issues that I was just trying to piece together. Like, does that page go here or does that page go there? <laughs> like, trying to work out what these stories were. And all the while, you had Stan Lee's little footnotes as well. So somebody was talking to you about the story as well. Like, so I I love that stuff. Yeah. No. But, so it's so good. And that's like. That's like Silver Age, Bronze Age awesomeness right there. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely. yeah. Uh, kudos for you to for being smart <laughs> enough to grab those. My goodness. Yeah, like, but you say like the the history of comics and the way they made it. And like one of my biggest like pet peeves with reprinting at the moment is when they recolor. I don't yeah. know if you've encountered yep. that. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the comics I consume, because I, I still live in the rural Midwest over here in the States, mm. and, um, you know, I can't get to a comic book store every Wednesday to get to get issues, so yeah. I mostly consume my comics digitally, which, if I had unlimited mm. funds and I could get stuff mailed to me every single day, you'd see a stack of long boxes right behind me. But I, I yeah. can't, like, for sake of space and money, I, I, I consume them digitally, and the coloring is, I mean, the coloring is revamped and, you know, it's it's like a remastered. It's like watching a remastered Star Wars movie. It's like, yeah, it's a Star Wars movie, but, like, you know what I really want. <laughs> like, Something's I, off, yeah. I want the gritty, grimy stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah, the stuff that they like, they, they figured out how to four color these things onto newsprint that absorbed it weird. I, and, Aiden, there is few things in this world that I love more than the smell of old newsprint. Like, yeah. it, like if someone could put that in a candle form, I'd be, I'd burn <laughs> that all the time. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I love the feel of old newsprint too. It feels just, it feels raw. It feels real. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just, it just yellows a bit. It's great. It's, it's, I don't know. The, 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 <laughs> it's such a weird, it's such a weird sort of sensory experience. Oh, sort yeah. of flashing back to like walking into like comic book stores in the nineties or like where I first started buying comics. It was a guy who was just basically selling his collection off a market stall every week. Like yeah. one day a week he had a stall and you just, the smell of them four for a pound. Yeah. <laughs> What's what's the exchange rate of pound to US dollar? Uh I mean sometimes it's one for one depending on it. Which, okay. Um, it's, it, I it thought they were fairly good, close cuz I, I was like four comics for a buck. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That was the 90s. It's, it's a while since. And uh we're a euro in we're the euro in the republic here but at that point we were still on the pound. Oh, okay. Okay. Um and then yeah, look, oh, fucking Irish currencies. Um, <laughs> the, the, we we go history lesson, and I have to avoid that that instinct I have to just start telling the world about Ireland. <laughs> you, um, hey, I, my when when I told my wife that I was talking uh, talking to guys from Ireland, like she's 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 got Irish ancestry and all that, and she's told me so much about like family history and everything. I'm like, well, I'm talking to guys from Ireland today, and she's like, oh my gosh. That's gonna be so Amazing. cool. Yeah. I was like, "What? Based on what?" <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, I, all right. I don't let you down. <laughs> They're from Ireland. I get it. Okay, yeah. that's the coolest thing. Mm. Um, well, you'll, you'll have to make the you'll have to make the pilgrimage. Oh, dude, don't 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 say that <laughs> on a recording because she'll she'll hold me to it. She aren't like she wants to go to Ireland. That, that's like her bucket list thing. She wants to go to Ireland and see castles and everything. Like just all of it. She wants to see all of it. So. Oh, someday, someday, <laughs> someday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, so we 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 said we're going to talk about marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Absolutely, um, it's a show that I I really do love. I've enjoyed it a lot over the the last I guess four years, five years. Just yeah. before we do, is there any is there anything else specifically that you're watching or you're you're looking forward to coming up in the next couple of months? Well, um, so. Uh, TV comes to mind immediately um, because there's a lot of shows that are coming up later on in the mm-hmm. year, like uh, the Rings of Power Amazon show for Lord of the Rings, uh, Kenobi coming out at the end of mm-hmm. in May, I believe. Um, you know, obviously there's a, about a, a billion Marvel shows that are coming out this year. Um, and then I have like standard shows that I just watch every season of like, I'm a big Saturday night live fan. So Regardless of the host, I watch every week. Um, yeah. But the show that I'm watching the most of right now is my my wife and I, who are we're we're TV buddies. We we watch everything together. Um, it's almost like in our house, it's a it's like a crime to like you watched an episode of Game of Thrones without me. Why? Why would you yeah. do that? Like, do you really love me? Yeah. Um, so we're, we're the, the fact that I watched all of season four of Mrs. Maisel while my girlfriend was away. I, I, I haven't quite told her that yet. Anyway. <laughs> Hopefully she's still your girlfriend after you tell her. But we're, we're, we're watching, we're currently watching through Game of Thrones again. Um, and just like at the end of every episode, we're just mar- like marveling at like, this show is so good. 
and we're still mm-hmm. in the early seasons where um, we don't have to think about the end yet. So um, lo- I always love watching rewatching Game of Thrones, and and then like in the in the back of my viewing, I'll always have a show, usually a sitcom, where I just watch it as like my comfort food show, and I kind of mm-hmm. rotate through a diet of comfort food shows. Usually it's shows like The Office, Parks and Recreation. Uh, I just finished AP Bio again, uh, or at least what's so current about that. that that's um, not to, not to entirely derail you. No, no um, problem. But I, like I can literally go. I just put The Office on again there on Monday, yep. and I'm in the middle of season three. I just had it beside me while I'm working all day, so Absolutely. I'm just like this show went from a show I didn't watch for years to a show I've watched every year for the last four years. Yep, me too. But I've never watched that AP Bio. So what is AP Bio? So. Um, it's, uh, have you ever watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. So Glenn Howerton, uh, one of the main, one of the main crew members in that show, he, he plays a former philosophy professor who is disgraced now and he has to go teach, he has to go teach, uh, applied biology at a high school to make ends meet. So he's a super smart philosophical guy that is a complete burnout. Um, he ruins his own life, and then he shows up in Toledo, Ohio, to teach science, which he never actually ends up teaching science, because his whole premise becomes like, uh, no, I'm not going to teach you science, because I'm a brilliant Harvard-educated philosophy teacher. Uh, so instead, what we're going to do is we're going to spend our class periods trying to destroy the lives of the people who destroyed my life. So, oh, like, okay. <laughs> and That's some great. of the students are so funny. Um, like the the show is ridiculous and crazy. And Glenn Howerton's in that show. Uh, Patton Oswalt's in that show. It's it's really good. I, I really enjoy it. Um, Glenn Howerton's so despicable, and I love it. Um, he, he actually says at the end of the first episode, he's like, "If you think this is gonna be one of those situations where." I learn a lesson from you guys and you teach me something, it's not going to happen. And yeah. to date, it has not happened. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he has like a love-hate relationship with these students. Uh, so it, it's a really funny show. Though I, I would I would recommend it. It's good. No, that's amazing. I, I better, I, like, how many seasons in is that show? I believe there's four seasons on Peacock right now. Good Lord. Um, so yeah. it's got, uh, four, I think most of the seasons are like 20-ish episodes. So, holy moly! Like I, yeah. I keep getting sort of surprised by shows that are on third or fourth seasons that I've never heard of, right? Or didn't wasn't aware existed. Yeah, like yeah. I just saw a headline today on Collider, I think, where they said just um, Kung Fu renewed for season three, and I'm like, they they rebooted Kung Fu? What? <laughs> what are we talking like Bruce Lee Kung Fu or? With, yeah, David Carradine 1970s Grasshopper Take This Rock from My Hand Kung Fu is on season three. On the CW, I guess. Oh well, there's your problem. Yeah, that's a the CW will they'll renew anything that does mildly good. (laughs) What the Flash is on like it's ten seasons. There's another season of the Flash. Yeah, (laughs) they just renewed the Flash as well. Oh my gosh! Oh, run faster! God bless Grant Gustin. (laughs) He, he, I mean, he brings a lot of heart to it. He's my, I mean. I think he he's awesome as Barry Allen. I think he nails it. Um, yeah, but but do we really need like a a double digit amount of seasons for Flash? Um, 
especially when you can't do the full Justice League with him. Um, you know, you can't do certain stories. But yeah, oh, and, and another show. Uh, speaking of, um, <laughs> the Flash is not one show that I'm just comfort watching. Uh, I would like stress anxiety watch that. Um, but I also um, I just finished or well, what's current? I finished a show on Apple TV called Mythic Quest. Yes, which is uh, one of uh, I think it's Rory Ro- Rory or Robbie McElhaney. One of the other guys from Always Sunny. Rob Rob McElhenney. Yeah. Yep. So I know the guy, yeah. It's executive produced by him and Charlie Day. So yeah. that show was that show was really good because it made me laugh. But there's mm-hmm. also really great episodes where they do in-depth character studies. And like they bring in Jack uh they bring not Jack Johnson. They bring in Jake Johnson for one one episode as like this prequel episode. And it may be one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. And it's a self-contained wa- 40 minutes. Like it doesn't I was apply- watching season one, and I wasn't sold on this series. Yeah, no, And I me got too. to that episode, and I went, that was fucking amazing. Like, it's like, oh, I get what this show is now. Yeah. Like, because it wasn't just a standard, like, ha-ha, oh, they all work at a video game, like, company. Like, it gets, I mean, have you seen the second season yet? Yeah, I'm up. I'm up to date on okay. it. I, okay, I just that episode. That episode hooked me in because I know there's greatness in it. You know. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Sort of. Sometimes I feel it's kind of like I just do think it's sort of mediocre sitcom a chunk of the time. Yeah. But I know that there's there's something in here and they're trying to do something. And yeah. I'm waiting and for it, those episodes. It's different enough that it hasn't just blended into every everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I think uh my my favorite character from Mythic Quest is Poppy by far uh she is poppy is the lead programmer so yeah she's the she's the one that works with ian all the time yeah. and they like they go back and forth like and you're like at a certain point you're like oh, are they gonna end up like you know like a romantic relationship i'm like no 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 they're best friends who literally yeah. like push each other to be great and i love that dynamic because uh, I find her so funny, but also she's a unique female character to me. Uh, how she's like, she wants to be great at something, and she is like, I just think she's, I just think she's awesome. I, so Mythic Quest would be another one that I've watched, and um, yeah, that's what I'm. That's to to long form answer your question. That is the stuff I'm. No, that, watching that's it. Right like, I don't, I don't think there is a like a male female platonic kind of Bugs and Daffy relationship yep. on TV. Like, they're, they're just kind of at each other's throats, trying to make yep. each other better. Yeah. Driving each other crazy. And you don't really, like... You don't see that much in that sort of... Yeah. Like, well, even, like, Bones or something like that, where it's like, that's what they set up originally. It's like, no, they end up together. Like, anytime they do it, they find a way to get these people together yeah. eventually. It's like, they're not going to do that. I And I really hope they stay away from that, because yeah. platonic, that was the word I was looking for, was like... I don't want Poppy and I to end up together. I just don't. I think the show will have sold out to an idea that no one wanted. Um, mm. And like, it, it's got other great like performances. In it. Like Danny, Danny Pudi from community as yeah. Brad, like Brad is a douchebag. 
And like, you just hate him. You hate him. Like there's very little redeeming. Even when they hint at redeeming him, he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go to jail for this thing to prove that I've still got street cred. It's like, oh, you're such a douche. Like, why, why do you want to be the bad guy? (laughs) It's, it's been a minute since I watched it. So I can't remember like character names, but the, the fantasy writer, when they go into his history, Oh my like, gosh! So he, he's good. kind of underused a bit in the first couple of seasons, and you're like, you've got this great actor here, and then season three, I think it's season three, right? They 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 give you his backstory. And oh yeah, they have a whole episode about him, and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is so he's so off the rails. Like you don't realize how off the rails he is, and then mm. like he connects with that old friend of his, and you're just like, oh no, he's he's off the rails, but he's also still a genius. Um, and he's like, I won a Nebula award. (laughs) It's like decades ago. Yeah. Decades ago you did. (laughs) Was that, am I, sorry, I'm just, I'm just looking something up really quickly here. Yeah, no worries. Um, that wasn't William Hurt as the, I think it might, was it? I think it might have been, Um, maybe not. You could, well, I, I don't know. I'll be perfectly honest. I do not know. Uh, yes, Mythic Quest, Peter Cromwell. So, yeah. So good. Um, so good. He just passed away there last week, was it? Yes, he did. Yep. To to bring the conversation to a screeching halt with the death of a famous actor. Um, <laughs> but but their, their, their dynamic, their, he was great. He was great. And he Absolutely. Was just, again, not what you kind of expected with the first few episodes of Mythic Quest. So, yeah, I mean... It, we, I feel like we've run the full gambit of the things that I regularly watch. And then I'll, I'll throw in a viewing of friends every once in a while or yeah. parks and recreation, like things like that, that I just, yeah. I just, it's, it's effortless enjoyment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Every time I watch the office and I see Michael Schur running around as Moe's, I can't help but think parks and rec, Brooklyn nine, nine, the good place. Batman like, is a genius. Like si- sitcoms of the 2000s and 2010s mike yeah. sure was probably involved in it yeah absolutely. yeah absolutely and he wears a neck beard well <laughs> as if anyone could uh mike sure <laughs> definitely can oh i love mose i love mose so much i remember when someone put they put two and two together for me that mike sure had written all these shows and that he was mose and i was like no way there's no way the guy that played Moe's wrote all these shows. I'm like, yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> we we owe a lot to Mike Schur. Because of Moe's secret talents. <sighs> so good. So good. A Mike Schur reference. I will never, I will never balk at a Mike Schur reference. So, so let's talk about um, The Marvelous Missiles Maisel then. This is Amazon Prime. Season four has just been released. They did a sort of like one episode a week thing, which I like... That's not why I came to streaming. Just let me binge things, you know. <laughs> I want to yeah. binge this all. Yeah, you've got my subscription money. Give me the show. I know it's all shot. <laughs> um, have you? Um, so you've watched it all over the last few years? Absolutely. I've actually re- I've rewatched it twice before season four came out. We kind of re- we my wife and I we rewatch it before the next season comes out. Because it's just that damn good. And would you be a big, like, so, like, I'm a big stand-up comedy, comedy in general fan going with it, but 
Yep. So are you looking for like, like seeing Lenny Bruce in that first episode <sighs> and, and thinking about thinking about like that era comedy and like I know that like George Carlin got arrested the same night yep. as well. Like not necessarily that night with Midge Maisel, but like and then trying to draw parallels with like is Midge Maisel kind of Joan Rivers like So okay. Um I a few things about that. I friggin' love stand up comedy. Um stand up is I think stand ups are some of the greatest storytellers that are underappreciated. Um and uh, anytime, anytime I can get the chance to learn something about communication from a stand-up, I, you know, I jump at it. I think, I think Miriam is an amalgamation of a lot, a lot of different things and people and themes from the time period. I definitely mm-hmm. see Joan Rivers in her. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I definitely see Carlin in her because she is so abrasive and she's yeah. so unapologetically abrasive. Um and like and Luke Kirby, Luke Kirby, the actor that plays Lenny Bruce, he is yeah. so spot on. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Like I've 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 gone back and I've I've listened to Lenny Bruce now. Uh, I mean I didn't know who Lenny Bruce was before uh, Mrs. Maisel came out and now that I do I'm like oh my gosh Luke Kirby probably studied this guy for hours and hours and hours like he has all of his cadences down he's got his his mannerisms down like yeah. and Lenny is one of my favorite characters because of how I mean he's self-destructive like no other character um, but you kind of see that in in uh, the Paladino what I call the Paladino verse um, okay. where like you see like in Gilmore Girls Gilmore Girls is another show that like that's probably a top 10 all time show for me um, yeah. just because of how different it was at the time um, like mm-hmm. nobody spoke like Lorelai nobody like nobody on TV did I loved it but I was always looking at it going there's no way a 14 year old girl is referring to Fatty Arbuckle in 2002. Like it was like, where are these references coming from? You know, like there was a, there was a, there was a, I think there was like a two Ronnie's joke in there. Like that's English comedy. And I was like, or Peter Sellers. And I was like, what the hell is this like coming from? And like, I enjoyed it. And I, I was like, who is like, I just went, this feels like Dawson's Creek and it should be aimed at teenagers, but it just isn't. No, it's not. So when, when we got to like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I was like, "Oh, Paladino's in her element now. This yep, all makes yep. sense." Like, and, and it's on Amazon Prime, so she can be as like she can be as uh, unforgiving as she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I start my I start my journey down the the, the Paladino verse with uh, with Gilmore Girls. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Lauren Graham is spectacular. Uh, the supporting cast, which by the way, if you're a fan of Gilmore Girls, uh play a little game that I like to play with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. When will a Gilmore girls supporting character show up in, in uh, Mrs. Maisel? I think to date, I think like five or six actors who were in Gilmore girls have showed up in Mrs. Maisel. I mean, season four was littered with different appearances. Um, you know, from Kelly Bishop to Milo Ventimiglia, which was, nuts and they should have done more with him but anyway uh so like when i start mrs mazel i start because i love stand-up comedy and um the cast for this show is so stinking next level uh that 
it like I still like I'll be watching episodes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot Kevin Pollack was in this, or like, or like I'll, I'll just be listening to Tony Shalhoub give Miriam another like speech about like how she doesn't have her life together. I'm like, Tony Shalhoub is an American treasure. Like, yeah. <laughs> protect this man at all costs, kind of thing. And like, and then. My favorite, you know, I, I'm I'm also a big Jane Lynch fan. I freaking love Jane Lynch. Uh, Sophie Lennon is one of the only characters that I've ever despised her as because uh, yeah. she's so crazy. Uh, but yeah. I am a Family Guy kid, right? So when I realized that Alex Borstein was going to be in Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, it blew my mind. Susie is my favorite character, and and like they're all my favorite characters, but Susie is like God mode compared to everybody else. Like Alex Borstein makes this show for me. Like Rachel Brosnahan is amazing. Like she is awesome, but it's like there, there is no Miriam without Susie and there is no Susie without Miriam kind of thing. Kind of like how in Gilmore girls, there was no Rory without Lorelai and there was no Lorelai without Rory. Um, like, they play so well together and I've heard like their chemistry test when they, when they tested together, it was a no brainer that Alex Borstein was like, she was Susie. Uh, and she's probably more famous for her voice work. Um, you know, being, you know, uh, being Lois on family guy, but Mm -hmm. I, I love Alex Borstein, um, to, I would say to a healthy amount, but like the top end of a healthy amount. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such it's such an amazing performance, and like it's just like she's on she has no control of what's going on in the world, but she's the only one with like a clear like I don't know it, it feels like she's the only one that has this sort of common sense thing going on, and then she's just like wait why is this ludicrous shit happening you know like even, right yeah even down to like. Like just I don't know. Like Midge has a specific dress for specific times of the day, and she's like, "What? You know, like what? That's insane." Like, yeah. <laughs> or like the times when uh, when Midge will have to go change for something, and she's so like, "You're already wearing clothes. You're already wearing clothes." <laughs> oh man, but so, it's not good enough. I, I, w- I will say just to like be kind of critical, that, yeah. like, um. So I I got through season three and I was just like I'm not sure where we're going, you know. I, I I enjoyed it. I liked the world. It was beautiful, but it was a sort of third, sort of step on the journey where I'm just like, I'm not sure where this is going, you know. And I, I was like, I was a little like I'm going to watch season four, but I just wasn't as wasn't as much. Uh, season four was perfect. I I I just think it stepped up a notch again and. The, the stakes for every everybody showed such progression. Tony Shalhoub's relationship with Moisha, you know, like Tony, the... I I cried at the end of that. Um, it's amazing. Um, so can I ask you a question? I don't I don't mean to hijack and and yeah, and, no, and no. switch roles, but why was season four perfect for you? Because I have a reason why it was perfect for me, but I want to hear. I want to hear what you thought because I th- I think you're you're fresher having watched it than I yeah. than I am. So oddly, like as I say that, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to articulate. I don't know what it was. I think it was we had a lot of payoff for the character development that we had in season three. You know, like Sophie Lennon had this desire to change, but she blew it, and she learned from that. And her her, you know, she's still a lunatic. Oh. But, 
certifiably you know, she's, crazy. She's kind of pushed onto a different path. Um, uh, Abe, Abe had so much unsettledness through one, two, and three, but like now he feels like, oh, I'm on a path. Like it's not, it's not as prestigious and and lauded as as I'd like it to be. But like I'm happy. You know, Rose is the same thing. She's like she's found a thing that like yep. is a direction now. Whereas like she's got a, she delivers amazing performances, but like when she dropped everything and ran to Paris in season two. Mm. It was like, right, we're doing something with her. Yeah, right. But then she kind of just fell back into what she was in season three. So I was like, mm, let's pick a, let's go somewhere. Yep. Um, uh, Lenny, uh, well, Susie, again, we're seeing progression. She's building. Now she's got a premises. She's got, like, we've started to add. We're starting to grow. We're starting yeah. to see, um, we're starting to see Midge take control of her career a bit in terms of, like, setting up that space at the theater Susie's getting more clients you know and and even the um the other i i i've got to i haven't watched each season as many times as you have apparently <laughs> but like i want to there were so many moments where the funny is there the character progression is there and then the heart hits real as well Ooh, when yeah. when Susie's um roommate died and that that actor passed away during the pandemic so this was yeah. just a tribute to to dan cantoneda i think brian tarantina damn it i, I was close I, I wanted to say brian and then i went no it's dan um oh my gosh that that eulogy oh stop it i cried so much in this season and i'm finally remembering how much i cried <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was so great to see Susie, like to see Alex Borston get this, this oh. virtuoso moment. Next level. And, and for it to be such a beautiful tribute to their castmate at the same time. Yep. Simultaneously, like honoring him as an actor, but also giving that character a send off that I don't think, I don't think at the beginning of the show we'd have been like, oh yeah, Jackie gets the big send off episode. Like, no, they, they were they were doing more than just a eulogy in that scene. Like it was, it was so next level. But even look, maybe, maybe the actor has more of a, a, a reputation or a, or a career behind him than, I, than even I'm aware of, but the content of her eulogy, we didn't know this man. We didn't know what he had done. We didn't know that he lived this glorious life and had all these achievements yeah. and, and he kind of went out sort of unappreciated. Well, Paladino's not going to let that stand, and she makes a point of going. This guy was great, and I I loved it. Um, that that was one of the, I was going to that was one of the episodes from this season where my wife and I we we watch we watch every episode in the in the same spots on the couch, and like we, so we we just have kind of our routine with this show. And I turn and I was like, we. So my wife and I are those two annoying people in the theater that will talk through a movie. Um, or we'll be like, that was okay, really that's great. Not, that's not on. Did you notice this thing? Like, yeah, I did. Like, that's really awesome. We'll do that through a whole movie. Um, actually, quick aside, the way I met my wife was we were watching Lord of the Rings in the common area, common room of our dorm, and we're talking through the whole thing. And a, a girl on her floor uh, tapped us on the shoulder and like, are you going to talk through this whole thing? And I said, you bet your ass we are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, anyway, so we're, we're watching. it up and left. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. I, I'm just going to go back to my room. Good. Uh, so, we're watching the eulogy scene, and we did not speak the entire time. Mm. 
because oh. and then I just turned and I was like like I've got like a like I got like tears in my eyes I'm like holy shit like Susie has delivered so many lines and Rachel Brosnahan's you know sorry I'm getting character and actor names just mixed up that's um, fine that's fine Midge and Susie and every every single actor in this show has delivered when they've been handed a spotlight mm. and I think that was the point where I was like okay this is why I've loved Susie for four seasons because she's funny, funny, but also like she has so much pathos. Like there's so much truth in her, even though she's the kind of character that you wouldn't really think is the, is the truth teller um, of the show. Maybe in, maybe in like a brash way, she, she keeps it real, but Mm -hmm. also she's delivering. She's not just keeping it real. She's delivering truth um, that, she was Jackie's best friend and even she didn't know him. Like they did. They they had no idea how self-sacrificing he was, how giving he was. All she saw was this cranky bastard that she, you know, helped run a coffee house with. And there was so much man behind him. And I think that like in, in a small way, that's the Paladino saying like, there is like, there's so much behind every single person. And, and mm-hmm. like to give Brian Tarantino a send off like that, like after he after he passed away, like that was just they didn't have to do that. They didn't have yeah. to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's their yeah. show. They didn't have to give a, a, a C-list character a send off like that, but they did. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. spoke to a lot of the we, we, we've seen plenty of shows where that would just be like a in loving memory of our friend credit. At oh, the end, totally. You know? Like totally. But that that's a whole B plot is given over to. Yep, and they get a they get the big the big uh, the big scene at the end of that episode this season. It was spectacular, spectacular. And then of course, we kind of have to get to, like again, everything that we talk about on the endless stream is yeah. spoiler to all hell. So, um, go right ahead. Lenny at the end. Lenny at the end. Oh boy! Just you really want to make me cry, Aiden? You really want to make me cry? <laughs> that i've kind of had this sort of like love hate thing with like because i didn't know i i knew who lenny bruce was before okay mrs mazel right i'd i'd read books and i'd watched videos and i'd listened to audio stuff and i'd kind of like had the like like i'd watched the dustin hoffman movie as well where he like just lenny i don't know if you've ever seen that i have not Um, but i will now i love dustin like as much as that goes into like that really kind of like tries to touch on the the darkness of the, of Lenny, you know, like the the weird fucked up shit that happens in his relationships. You yeah, know? like he was hanging out in strip clubs and getting into sort of quasi polyamorous, half consensual relationships, sort of pushing his girlfriend into things. Like, yeah, I have this, but like that's one version of Lenny Bruce, the the sort of the comedy messiah, the darkness to him. So when I was watching this, I was like, wow, they're really they're really bringing him in as this charming romanticized version of him, you know? And I've been watching it the whole time with the eye of when are we going to start to see some of the darkness? Yep. And even in season three there, because I just love the way they just pepper him in gently, you know, like he's just here popping up. Yep. You never know when he's going to show up. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's a moment where he walks away and she says, um, like, I can't even remember the line, but it's like, I felt like it was like, like I just have in my line, 
maybe you'll see me again. You know, like, like he walked away from her in that night and was like, that could be the last time we see Lenny Bruce. The next time we hear about Lenny, we could be hearing about a headline that he's dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that could be, I think he might live further into the 60s. I can't remember the actual timeline on the guy, but like, um, you know, he kind of descended into like, a lot of his comedy was just ranting about the trials that he was going through, you know? So, um, didn't he die of a drug overdose? Yeah, it was a, I think it was heroin overdose, which, which when you see that, the small little kit that he's got, mm-hmm. that I was like, I turned to my wife. I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know drug paraphernalia at all, but I'm like, yeah. I feel like that's heroin. Yeah. And, and then we looked it up and we're like, well, he did die of a drug overdose. So, yeah. so it's, it's, it sucks. Cause we know where his story ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We don't know and, where anybody else's story ends because they're not real people, but. And that's why I was like, I'm unsure how they're handling him in terms of presenting the darkness to us or presenting this sort of like really romanticized version of him. And that scene he has, that monologue at the end, like, you know, the way you finish lines in your own head. Yep. He says, if you fuck this up, Midge, and in my head, I went, I'll never forgive you. And that's from a place of anger. Oh, yeah. And he says, he doesn't say, I'll never forgive you. He says, you'll break my fucking heart. And it's not, it changed everything else that came before it in my mind. Because I was looking at this from a place of him being kind of angry at her for, for letting him down. Yeah. But he's he's disappointed because it's like a father and a child. He loves her so much and he just wants the best for her. And he loves what she could be. Yep. And that line, you'll break my fucking heart. <laughs> It was so beautifully delivered, and give yep. that man his Emmy, you know. He so seriously, you talk about Emmy worthy. This whole cast is Emmy worthy. Mm. Like that that monologue at the end. Like I love, I love that they the whole the whole uh, you know concert hall is empty, mm. and these two powerhouse actors are just out there delivering like delivering like the friggin mailman like there is because i had thought this you know in that episode i had thought okay midge like at the end of season three midge made her she drew her line line in the sand she said i want to be a headliner Mm. okay yeah that's a great send-off of like oh she's gonna go and headline shows like she doesn't need shy baldwin like whatever Mm. And then when the Tony Bennett thing comes up and you're like, take that, it's an opportunity. And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, the Paladinos are doing something here that they did with Lorelai. They did with Rory. They did with every character we loved in Gilmore Girls. They're doing it to Midge as well. They're making us question her and dislike her. Yeah. Because that's reality. Like, that's reality. Like, we don't, even for ourselves, like, we don't always love the decisions we make. We look back and we're like, man, I was an idiot. I was a jerk. I was a dipshit when I made that decision. And I think that when Midge was like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna be a headliner, she turns down Tony Bennett. And then Lenny goes out on a limb for her. Mm-hmm. And she says no. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you, uh, like... You know, like she's becoming this like um I don't know just I was thinking selfish spoiled um, and entitled yeah and, and it's like this man loves you so much but not just like not just in a romantic way like yes mm. there's romantic tension and they resolve some of that romantic tension in this season but 
that man, like what little reputation he has left, he used it to elevate you. And yeah. like you, you wouldn't settle for anything less than a headline, but that line, like, I think, I think, yeah. And I think that line could probably sum up the whole season Yeah, that Midge is at such a level where she, she won't refuse, she, she refuses help and she's very uh, insulated, you know, uh, hanging, you know, doing, doing MC bits at a strip club is what she really wants to do. That's not what she really wants. Like it's what she's doing, but it's not what she really wants. Yeah. And so, and yeah. like he says as well, you're, you're hiding. It's a say it's a small you're hiding. Pond. Yes. Big fish in a small pond, you know? Yep. Of course, of course they think you're great. You're, 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 um, you're delivering, you're delivering, you know, dick jokes to the same 40 people every night. Mm. Like, of course they love you. They should love you. But like, if you think that you're worthy of a headline when, yeah, like you said, you're hiding, like, no, you're not. And I was kind of wondering when, because the shy thing, the shy thing happens and you're like, oh my gosh. Like she, she went, she went too far with, with the, the jokes at the Apollo. And that's why shy fired her, obviously. But yeah. then when she does the, the, the brunch for Jackie Kennedy, I was like, she's going to go too far again. And, yeah. and when she, so when the people at the, the Jack, at Jackie Kennedy's little, um, uh, uh, campaign thing, when they say, Oh, tell us, tell us. I was like, I leaned over to my wife and I was like, before she even delivered the joke, I was like, this is going to go too far. And, yeah, and, 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 and we'll be right back where we were with this character. Like Midge, you are not too big to fail. Like you can fail. You absolutely can fail. And you're going to keep telling jokes until you're uh, you're going to keep telling the wrong joke to the wrong people. So here's a question in that moment, because okay. you brought that brunch up. Because I don't think I got what was happening, right? They Who okay. was the woman that started crying? Was that meant to be Jackie? That's who Jackie was, Kennedy. Yep. That, that was meant to be Jackie. Okay, because when she was looking at the magazine, kind of talking about her as if she wasn't there. I wasn't sure if that what they was doing. And then when they alluded to, when she said, I'm the woman that... A husband's cheating on with is that just a reference to all of jack's affairs well i think more specific i think more most famously it's a reference to marilyn monroe um yeah but i i think they 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 chose to use a real magazine of her and mm. then they yeah. obviously you know they use an actress for for her but yeah no that was definitely jackie kennedy and that was definitely okay. um a a uh, uh a jab at uh president kennedy's uh illicit you know activities yeah it was it was just a weird because i guess i didn't i didn't think like while we all kind of know that john f kennedy was futzing around in the side i guess i didn't think that a room full of people would look to her and watch her cry and comfort her all sort of from a position of like we're aware that your husband's cheating on yeah you know? that you know it what, was kind of a weird moment i think Mm, maybe I feel it's like the, everyone would have pretended that wasn't happening rather than you know what I mean like yeah it's she, like what know. is wrong with Jackie right now like yeah you almost expect you almost expect them to not know and for Jackie to be the only person in the room that does know but yeah there was yeah. that thing of like oh my gosh the comedian well, went where she shouldn't know, have gone for it to get really for everybody to know but it got really tense you know yeah that, rather than, that was a little weird I, I, I'll give you that that was a little odd but I think it's just another example of of Midge like just like 
not like, yes, she crosses the line all the time. That's what we love about her. But she crosses societal norms. Like it's when all the times that she's hurt people, she has crossed lines where people that either trusted her to do a job the way she said she would, you know, or people that she loved. Like, so examples of when, you know, she, she goes too far at Jackie Kennedy's brunch. She, she goes, uh, she goes too far when she is, uh, warming up the crowd at Sophie's TV show. She crosses the line. I mean, so many times, good grief. Um, but then also like when she goes too far and Abe, Abe is in the audience up in the Catskills. When she goes too far and, um, oh my goodness. And Joel, Joel is there, you know, and, and then he has to punch that guy out at the end of season one or so. And, and he's like, Hey, don't talk about my wife that way. She's going to be great. And she's just gotten done making fun of him. But even he knows, uh, you, you know, so she crosses lines, but I think sometimes she crosses the wrong lines. And that's what makes her a Paladino character where she's not always redeeming. She doesn't always make the right decision. And that's what makes her interesting is that she always, she doesn't do the right thing all the time. She's not this paragon of virtue all the time. And that's, that's what makes her truly different. I think. Um, and all these characters different. Yeah. I I think, yeah, look, we're just going to keep saying it. Like the, 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 like there are shows where like, when you think about like a Seinfeld, you know, like you're watching for Kramer, Elaine, and George. You know, yeah, um, I'm watching for Jerry. Jason Alexander also there. Jerry, Jerry's there, but he's kind of a straight man to their craziness a lot yep. of the time. But absolutely, like Midge is just just as strong as Susie, as Sophie, as Abe, as Rose, as yep, yep, as it's such a strong cast. And just to also say, this show looks amazing. Oh like, my it's, goodness! I this season. The thing that made me stop and go, oh, wait, hold on. Look at how they're making everything again. Um, when she confronts Shy at the wedding and we're just looking at the two of them in profile talking. And I was watching the scene for a moment. It's a long scene playing out. And I'm like, wait a minute. They're standing straight in front of a mirror. Where's the camera crew? And it's like, they either had to do some fucking periscopic bullshit pointing a camera at mirrors to get this shot. Or it's like a, a, a post-production visual effect. I and- didn't even notice that. That yeah, yeah the, that's some some great camera work at the very least. Yeah, I've heard of stuff where people were like, you know, they stick a mirror at forty five degrees so that they can point the camera at that and get an angle on what's happening oh, yeah, over here. Yeah. So there's some stuff like that, but also, you know, they they've done some time lapse stuff where they like, um, where they were when she was emptying out her apartment in season two, I think, when yeah. they have to move. Um, they do the sort of like the first day she moved in and the last day she's moving out. So there's like that's some great crazy stuff. handheld stuff to sort of yes show those two time shifts. That that is um, a great. I love when they do that to show time passing, or yeah. they'll cut between two different time periods where it'll be like, here's when Joel and I were happy in the diner, and here's what yeah. where we're talking about our divorce in the diner, yeah. and it gives a good juxtaposition of you know of yeah this is how we started yeah but this is where we're at. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and then and and then just to be a dick, I'm going to point out that there are at least two scenes. I can I can remain one, but there's at least two where it's like this was shot during the pandemic, and these people are nowhere near each other, and it's a weird pickup shot. Yeah, so when yeah. she's having the argument with Lenny outside the building, 
it's a beautiful shot on a street with the two of them in sort of profile. And then when it cuts to her shot, everything's blurry behind her, and it's a weird dark. Yeah. Did you spot that? I, well, I there. I don't know if I spotted the particulars of what you you yeah. just uh, referenced, but I there's some scenes where it's just like this feels off. Like yeah. normally, Rachel Brosnahan and Luke Kirby have immaculate chemistry, and yeah. that was one of the things I was like, this scene just feels weird. Like, yeah. And and yeah. and. You just connected the dots for me, so yeah. thank you. That's the one because if you if you go back and have a look at that now, okay, like they come running out of the building. It's beautiful. They've got all of the the way they manage the the you know the streets and everything else. Like yeah. they they set decorate so beautifully, and then it just cuts to like a one shot of Rachel Brosnahan talking against the background, and it's just darker and it's more blurred. Then it cuts to Luke Kirby, and then it cuts back to her, and then it cuts back to her, and then it comes back to that wide shot, and coming back to that nice shot. It makes it even more jarring that we're yeah, in these yeah. weird singles. Ugh. Um, so, but like, yeah, we've had a tough two years, everybody. <laughs> we 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 get it. Like, you know, it's the the show must go on, and sometimes you know, the, the show's not as perfect as maybe we we have we've grown to anticipate it to be. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the 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 progression of the strip club from like a train wreck to yeah to beautiful like. There's just so much to like that piece of physical comedy where she, where everything goes right and she just goes perfect and arse over tea kettles off the stage. I I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen her do something like that and it was I, I laughed, laughed so so hard. Oh my gosh! And the, and then and then so honestly the my favorite part of that because that's at the end of an episode. She mm. is she kills it. The show is done. <laughs> she like you said she she completely biffs it off the stage. And then what do they do? Nobody rushes over to help her and they slow pan out mm. for like 30 seconds. And then it's yeah. done. And you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, that was so fun. Cause yeah. they make you, they make you sit there and laugh. Everybody's at getting it. their coats and leaving. <laughs> right. They're just like, they're just like, man, weird end of the show. We should go get a drink after this. <laughs> like, It's just, that was one of my favorite endings of an episode. Um, I was so full, full, full discre- uh, full discretion, full disclosure, um, full discretion would have been so much worse. Uh, but m- <laughs> when I was when I, I told my wife I was going to come on here and do this, she's like, "Well, you've got to tell them about the part we laughed the hardest at." And uh, there's one scene in I believe season two uh, that we have rewatched so many times, and it makes me laugh the most. So, uh, ho- can I can I share? Can I, I should have asked you permission. Can I share this? It's uh, oh, of course, yeah. So they're up in the Catskills, and it's the day after uh, Abe has found out that uh, Midge is doing stand up, and there's that mm-hmm. tense breakfast scene, and then they go out onto the front porch, and. <laughs> There's a kid out there doing magic tricks for people and Abe and Midge are arguing like just like cats and dogs. And Abe is so like just angry and the kid doing magic tricks comes up behind him and says, sir, can I do a card trick? And Tony Shalhoub says, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and, and I have laughed 
for minutes at that scene because he just like he, like his whole body has a reaction and then he turns back to Miriam to finish uh, the conversation. The kid doing magic tricks goes away like probably traumatized. Traumatized, yeah. Because <laughs> he's just doing his job <laughs> and this old man has just told him to get the fuck away from him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's... It's amazing. Oh my yeah. god. Oh, Sh- Shaloub, like... He's so when great. When Tony Shalhoub got off, off the dinner table after learning that Jason Alexander had been seeing his wife for that period of time and he walks out of the dining room with a smile and just tenses up. They single ca- they single cam him walking out of the entire room. You're just like, oh no, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he just starts pouring a drink. Oh, he's such, he's so, he's so good. He's so good. Oh, and, well, one, uh, one of my other favorite scenes from season four was when, um, when Midge goes to use the toilet and it walks in and he's working on his typewriter in the bathtub. <laughs> he's like, I don't have an office anymore. I don't have an office. <laughs> so he's writing in the bathtub. <laughs> uh, there's just, there's just, that's the thing. I, I could, I could just pick out every scene in season four and just go, this was great. Like going to the, going to the musical, getting out of the cab, swirling the Swirling around. his cape. He was so fucking happy to be in that cape. It was... When they go to the synagogue and everybody's pissed about what he wrote in the paper. And yeah. he just like reads everybody the riot act. He's like, it was garbage. It was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, that that scene in the synagogue. I'm going to have to go rewatch that because that was so funny. Like, they just start to cannibalize each other. Oh, like the yeah. whole congregation just like infighting. It was oh it's so good. Um Yeah, I, I, I don't know I don't know maybe I'm overselling it or whatever, but it just like they found a new gear for season four. Yeah. I don't know if they had a bit of time off or they just got re inspired or they found a new direction. I know that they said they want to end with season five. Oh so um I guess we could like I'm conscious of time for yourself, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you had to bring it to an end for season five, where where do you want everybody to end up? Where do you want Midge to be? So, well, they kind of. So, I, I if if we only have say eight, ten episodes left, it, it's eight, isn't it? They they've only done eight in every season. Oh, okay. Am I wrong? I have no idea. I'll 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 go with eight. Um. I feel like Susie's trajectory is set. Um, mm. But Midge, like Midge made us double, double take uh, when it comes to uh, Nick and Nikki and Frank. They're like, these guys aren't doing this because they want nothing. Mm. So I think that's kind of the next thing we see. You know, that's the next thing we see, um, you know, happen with her but when it comes to midge and where midge lands at the end um i mean was it the last scene the last visual we get of season four is her looking up at the gordon ford show Mm. sign yeah yeah maybe we're headed in a direction where she does become kind of like that joan rivers um talk show host um which Sure. That, I, that crossed my mind as well. That was like, oh, that's... Because if you think about when he's interviewing Sophie Lennon and it's like, well, we're being told we have to move on to the next guest, but this is my show. Like, he's in control yeah. of his world, you know? He's a he's a powerhouse 
yeah part of America. And and that that like if she's gonna go after that talk show kind of talk show host kind of gimmick, um, it'll be kind of an interesting departure from what the initial intent of the show was. But I think we see her succeed. Um, but I also think that we're gonna run into a a, a Benjamin situation again where she has to sacrifice again. Like in order to get what, you know, she didn't end end up with Benjamin because she had to sacrifice that relationship for the shy tour. I have a feeling that we're going to come to a sacrifice point again, and I have no idea what it's going to be. I really hope it's not Susie. Um, But, you know, I think she will get what she wants, but there will be a cost. And I don't know what that cost will be yet. So I, I, I can't imagine. Like I just watched the like the Paley Fest, um, like it's an old Paley Fest thing where Paladino, like the whole crew, were up there, and Paladino talked about the relationship. Oh, Kevin's actually here. Um, he he'll get to say goodbye. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> hey, funny. Kev. Um, just gonna finish a thought here. Um. Amy Sherman, Amy Sherman, Paladino, um, talked about the relationship between Susie and Midge as like she's never going to accept the fact that they're friends. They're going to be eighty years old, <laughs> kings of comedy, living in houses next to each other, getting lunch, dinner, and breakfast every goddamn day. But she's like, "I'm not your friend. I'm your manager." You know. So <laughs> if that's the if that's the relationship she has in the head for for those two, I hope that's how strong that yeah. stays. You know. It- it it kind of reminds me of uh do you remember the scene where midge is midge's whole life is just falling apart and she's crying and susie's like come on there's no there's no crying there's no crying and and midge asserts herself and she says if you're gonna be my manager it's gonna take you listening to me cry a few times and and telling me it's gonna be okay when you definitely know it's not gonna be okay like that's their friendship like yeah. Uh they both elevate each other in different ways and they both support each other in different ways and like it's a beautiful friendship. Like we were yeah. talking about Poppy and Ian from Mythic Quest. Like this is on this is on an on an even higher level, but like a friendship that surpasses like just so so many of the difficulties that they've both gone through. And I think I think you're right. I think we're going to see them at a point at the end where it's like Oh, they they love each other. They're just they just won't say it. I think it I think it would be a beautiful kind of like we've had some lovely shots of Midge on a stage, you know, and and whether that's sort of introducing herself into that career or like that shot on the stage at Carnegie Hall. Um, if it ended with her in front of a TV cameras with a live studio audience in front of her beaming out to sixty million people, like I'd be happy. That's with a that. that's a that's a great way for it to go as well yeah and i'd be happy with that yeah i just like i'm just i'm visualizing that and i'm like would i be satisfied i'm like yeah of course i would but yeah i think they'd do it well oh absolutely Um, there's a in the paladinos we trust (laughs) well see like yeah i i don't i i'm we i can get very Anytime anybody asks me, are you looking forward to something? Invariably, I go, yes, but like, I'm just such a like, I'm such a sit in the fence going, here's what could go wrong. Here's what could go right. Like there's every angle on it. Like, like I love, I really enjoyed the Gilmore Girls. I 
Rory got so annoying. Oh god! At a certain point, yeah. Don't even you know, like, like. Lorelai was what kept me coming back, and I was like, I'll put up with Rory if I get Lorelai. Yeah, there's um, someone pointed out like, oh, I, I desperately want to be a writer. I desperately want to be a writer. I desperately want to be a writer. Oh, I got some criticism. I'm never going to be a writer. I oh, I forgot to tell you this. I goodness, I should have said this right away. So my wife and I are such big Paladino fans. We named mm-hmm. our dog Suki. Oh, amazing. And then, you know, we, we were like, we're looking for other excuses to like, I, I want our next animal to be called Kirk. Uh, but, you know, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, <laughs> man, depends what the animal would be, but you get two cats called Midge and Lenny. You know? I want a Susie. I want a Susie. But it's got to be like a grumpy cat. It's got to be a grumpy, agitated cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, look. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, anytime. Um, this was this was a riot. This has been great fun. Yeah. Um, I might stop our recording here. Okay. And you can do the same on Audacity there. And we we'll take a minute. Maybe you could just say hello to Kevin here as he's as he's made it. Um. So just jumping in here now as as Ryan talks to Kevin for a little bit, and we shift into the second half of the podcast. I'd like to just take a moment to plug Across the Bifrost podcast. You can find that on Spotify. You can find that on iTunes. You can find them on Instagram as well. Mighty Thor Podcast is their handle on Instagram. Head over there. Give them a follow. Give the give the podcast a listen. While you're doing that, give at the Endless Cast a follow. And just want to say thanks yet again for joining us. Let's get into the second half. I'm back. My triumphant. Oh God, my knee. My triumphant. Let's try that again. I'm back. Your triumphant return. Say it once more. My triumphant return. Mm. Mm. Welcome back, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. It's. But sorry, I would like to apologize to our legion of fans for missing our 52nd episode. Um, but I'm back now, so you can just discard the 52nd episode. Consider this more of a 52nd episode. And then next week, number one, part two. Number one, part two. The tri-second so, episode. F- <laughs> <laughs> Go on, sorry. So we're just after finishing up our conversation with Ryan from Across the Bifrost podcast. Um, Kevin was unfortunately only able to jump in at the very end to say hello to Ryan. Um, hectic, busy work day. Brian is unfortunately unavailable to join with us this week. Um, so we're just going to... Uh, after a very fun conversation with Ryan about um, Star Trek, the Gilmore Girls, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Mythic Quest, and a wide range of other things, which you've just listened to for the last hour, um, going to check in with Kevin because we haven't seen him in a little bit. How you doing? I'm all right. Pretty, pretty busy, as they say. Pretty busy. Uh, have I watched anything recently? I have not seen Batman, sadly enough. Um, That's... I know that's 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 a that's a the missed opportunity. I have a few. What are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go see Batman? I'd love to go. This are you going weekend? to a stag? I'm going or to a stag in Galway. Um, it's just just no time, zero time. I'll try and see it. I'll try and see it. Mm. I'd love to go, like, because I'd like I'd like to see it a second time. I know. I have a meeting tomorrow. Right. I have a meeting tomorrow, and uh, in the morning, and I was, but I was actually hoping of getting up early and actually going to the first viewing because I just at this stage I just want to see it now. One person did tell me it was crap though, not to go see it. That person's a fool. 
I don't, I don't know them personally. I was a customer. Okay. Now, like, I have heard some people sort of shitting on it to a degree, but yeah, like, but sure, nothing's perfect. People aren't. People you're are, wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. I, I am, as usual, sitting on a fence. Everything bad you want to say about that Batman movie, I'll agree with you. Everything good you want to say about that Batman movie, I'll agree with you. Mm. So if somebody's telling you it's shit, don't see it, they're wrong. See it. Yeah. Form your own opinion. Oh, 100%. Like the bits of it you like, dislike the bits you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How are you, Aiden? I'm good. Um, I watched a whole shit ton of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm re-watching The Office again. Um, I'm trying to draw. I had a exciting weekend in Cork with lovely people. Yeah, I haven't even heard um, anything about this weekend in Cork. I was also a Corker for other reasons. Hmm. But I was having. I. 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 Yeah. I went to Impala. I love Impala. The Brogue. I love the Brogue. And the Crane. Crane and Lane. Le Cabaret mm-hmm. and Alchemy Coffee and the Marine Food Market. That might be the wrong name for the, that thing. Uh, it was the English Market, market. food. I also went to the English market and uh, Paradiso, which was a delicious, delicious vegetarian restaurant. Mm -hmm. And did I say Paladino or Paradiso? I've been saying Amy Sherman Paladino for the last while, so I want to make sure I get that right. Um, But Cork is a uh, beautiful city. It's great. Great great vibes, great people, good fun. It's fantastic. I was in rural Cork uh, on a a wee excursion with my girlfriend and brother and sister-in-law, essentially. And um, mm-hmm. I uh, and then I was in Limerick upon a family matter. My grandfather passed away. May he rest in peace. I'm so sorry to hear about your grandfather. Yes, my my God bless him. My granddad did pass, and it was a lovely send off for all that you know, as much as it could be. It was great to see my cousins again, and who also yeah. gave out to me for spoiling uh, Peacemaker. <laughs> So, you know, they listened to the podcast. What? Did you? Did you? Oh, they listened. Sam, Sam Wallace and Jack okay. Wallace were listening. Uh, I believe Megan, Sam's partner, was also listening, uh, I, I believe. And uh, we spoiled Peacemaker, but, you know, sorry, guys. We spoiler warning our episodes. Yeah. Yeah, but sure. Like, you know, you know I think, well, I think Jack was already listening to it. And then Sam got in the car or something. And then yeah. we spoiled right. it for poor yeah. Sam. Hmm. But uh, sorry, I, will, folks. I will be going out. Actually, it's going to be Sam's birthday next week. And happy birthday, Sam. 21. Happy birthday, Sam. I will see you there, buddy. Much love from the Endless Stream. Yep. All the folks here at the Endless Stream. Me and Aiden. <laughs> um, are you... We've got Moon Knight coming up next week, so next week's episode we will be talking about Moon Knight. I'm not sure if we'll have Brian then either. Um, he's got a very busy schedule himself. Um, we could have we, we we might have mysterious guest hosts. Do, 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 yeah, do. we might we might we might try and get a, a, a guest on. Um, I watched there's a there's a trailer for a Jimmy Savile documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I think it was called Savile, a British horror story. Mm. And whatever the show is, like it was kind of only a matter of time before they made one of these documentaries about Savile because fucking hell. Um, that trailer is really good. Really? I, I, I didn't like it helps that he, you didn't get a chance. I to didn't get, get a chance to look at. Actually, I do have news, but go on. Sorry. Uh, I just go on like he is helped a lot by the grainy nature of Celebrity's television footage. I say he, I mean the the filmmaker who yes. cut this trailer yeah. together is helped by the grainy nature of seventies television footage by the fact that the man was a caricature who didn't let it go yeah. for fucking fifty years. And by the fact that by the end, holding on to that 
clutching a cigar as his jaw narrowed and his teeth rotted. He just looked like a fucking monster anyway. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to cut together a trailer that makes Jimmy Savile look like a monster because in my lifetime, he was only ever creepy. Yeah. I missed the... Like, I'm way too young to know when he was... Know him from when he was beloved. I I just I, know him as this really creepy old dude with a fucking weird haircut. Oh, I would have odd way about him. I would I would have known him as a, for sure as like strange looking and stuff. But uh, I would have been mm. very much aware of Jim to fix it growing up. Yeah, my folks would have told me about it and stuff, and I would have seen him on TV occasionally, and I, I would have known it was Jimmy Savile. Uh, and obviously, when all the stuff came out about him, it was just like, wow, geez, fucking hell. Um, but. I, I I will watch that for sure. You reckon? Yes, I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch that for sure. Um, but I was going to say you shared a trailer uh, to the group chat this morning of I want to I want to say Tokyo Vice. Yes, I tattooed a gentleman today. Shout out to Ryan Duffy if he's ever going to hear this. Uh, yeah, who works on it? No way. Yeah, he's he's American chap over from New York, and they do like a lot of post production stuff, like color correction, After Effects, and all that kind of stuff. Done it for Wolf and Wall Street, uh, Succession, uh, Tokyo Vice. Now, um, it got hit with kind of it got hit with kind of the whole COVID pandemic, stop filming, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. yeah, he works on all that kind of stuff. Because I was talking to him there, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I work in production, film and TV production, and blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, what do you do?" And he kind of does elaborate further on kind of like just you know, kind of like editing and color correction and things like that, you know. Mm, and uh, mm. he said, uh, "Oh, I kind of like well, like anything you're working on that you're looking forward to or anything." He was like, "Well, I have a show coming out now called like uh, Tokyo Vice that kind of I'm looking forward to." And I was like, "No way!" I, I just saw the bits of the trailer for that this morning, and we were just chatting about it. But um, yeah, so he works on that show, and uh, he worked on Wolf of Wall Street, and he said it was probably one of his favorite projects to work on because of this all the kind of like B-roll material that they got to see, and you know, kind of like the fun stuff and. Wow. Uh, yeah. Henry Zabrowski, who's like a, a, a podcaster on the last podcast and left, uh, he's in that movie, but he said he got to see like loads of his bits and yeah, very, very good. Good stuff. But uh, interesting chap. Uh, really nice to tattoo him. Uh, uh, yeah, it was good fun today. Amazing. Yeah. Like, small world. It's, um, that's, so that's Ansel Elgort and Ken Watanabe mm-hmm. in that show. Um, it's HBO looking at the sort of crime and underworld of, of Tokyo. Um, looks like it's got that HBO production value so here's hoping here's um, hoping I, I like Ken Watanabe whenever we can get more of them more is the better mm-hmm. um, uh, I watched I have been watching sorry just to kind of update on things I've been watching I haven't watched much movies now in fairness I tried to watch that new one with um, Jason Segal and Kirsten Dunn's husband um, wind, windmill or windfall or something on Netflix. Windfall. Who's Kirsten Dunst's husband? The guy from Power of the Dog. That's not Benedict Cumberbottom. The guy with the face. Yeah, who who was in that Star Trek episode of Black Mirror? Yeah, he's married to Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yep. Those are two pretty mashed up faces. Mashed up, like as in like wrecked or like mashed well paired. Oh, wrecked. That's sad. A bit of both. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I started watching that. They sure. both have scrunchy heads on them. Every movie I tried to watch last like week, I fell asleep. Yeah. But I was going to say, I, I'm having, I'm, sorry, you're having the same issue. 
Go on. No, go on. I was going to say. Did, yeah, I kind of have the same thing. I'm sleeping. Did drop out. Disney Plus. Get on it. It's excellent. The dropout. Yes. Amanda Siegfried plays that crazy uh, kind of con artist lady who was doing a Theranos or something. The blood diagnosis machines that were going to be called. Yes, I know. I know what you're talking about. It's excellent. It's excellent. I haven't watched the last two episodes. Uh, Oh, phenomenal. So good. Yeah, I, I, I was, I, I kept forgetting the name of that thing. That's a, that's a baffling story. She, she said she had a machine that could diagnose anything based on a blood sample. Just yeah, raised like, a billion dollars and then just full of shit. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't, I, I don't know the ins and outs and how it spiraled, but I remember that as news. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's just you, you like watch it, watch it. It is phenomenal. It's so good. It's but it's terrifying what she achieved. Her, her level of manipulation uh, is insane. I, I'd imagine, I'd imagine there's something, I don't want to, I don't want to sound inappropriate. I'd, I'd imagine there's something undiagnosed there. I would imagine people have been trying to diagnose it ever since they lost all their money to her. Yeah. Narcissism or something. Sociopathic. It's just, it's just so much stuff to watch, dude. I know, I know. Um, yeah. I, well, and I, I still realize, I'm still watching. I watched, I think I've watched Peacemaker twice more since. Did just you? Put it on My God, in a loop. It's, it's very good. It's. I just. I just find it fun. Um, yeah. I, I. I finally finished Encanto. It's fine. It's. 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 Um, I, I watched that Turning Red actually. How's that? I liked it. I think it's fine. I think cool. it's. It's not like. It's not like. I to be honest. To be honest, Encanto and Turning Red haven't been the greatest hits for me, but like I. I enjoyed watching them. I really enjoyed watching them. Emer didn't like them though. Encanto or Turning Red? Not really, no. So I don't know if there's a musical component to Turning Red. There's not. But one of the things I noticed with Encanto... I don't think so. Sorry. Is, am I nuts? Or is the mix on the vocals really low? Like, I feel like if I think about Disney movies when I was growing up, I was never in any doubt of what was being sung in those songs. But I feel like the lyrical density and the mix of the instrumental instrumentation is such that I'm listening to her going something, something Madrigal, something, something Madrigal. Like, I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what's detaching me from it. Yeah, like kind of, I, uh, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I do love that song. Give it to your sister, your sister's stronger. Give it to your sister, she could have a little longer. Trip, trip, trip. And you know why? Because you can hear the words. This is probably true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't have anything big or clever as a way of ending this. I can. I, can. I think we should call it an evening. Okay. Do you have anything to add? Um, do I have anything to add? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking forward to season two. Do we have anything? We have, like, I suppose. Uh, crazy things planned for season two right bigger budget we're all better looking um uh we 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 struggle a little bit so we'll probably have to get someone maybe be less famous in 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 as a in in the cast what's keith duffy doing i don't know well i'll I'll ask i think i'm friends with one of the lads and boys on 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 facebook go away yeah uh graham mikey graham do you think he'd come and do an episode at the end of the stream i could try um, <laughs> Amazing. Next, um, I'd imagine next week will be fairly Moon Knight heavy, which I'm looking forward to. 
feels like a long time coming. Yeah. I don't. I don't. don't, I've, don't I don't like a single clip I've watched. You sent you sent that clip and I turned it off. It's fucking awful. I didn't even watch half of it. Don't say anything. We just look weird. But like, I, I wasn't mad now at the mean. I wasn't mad and I wasn't mad at Miss Marvel either. I, I don't. I do, you weren't mad on which Miss Marvel. trailers. I'll 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 I think I like Miss Marvel if they keep doing the animated thing. Like the, the I like that effect. Yeah. That that like, I know you're saying don't, but like, it like I know, the fucking claw coming out. I, of the I didn't see that. You see, it look, it looks like goosebumps. I didn't Ethan see that. Ho- I sent you a screen grab. I know. I didn't. Ethan Hawke. I know. Purple light looked like fucking Ivan Ooze. Oh man. Like that's 1996 Power Rangers tech they're playing with there. Is it get, do do we is it, is it getting good of views? I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm. It's I'm gonna go on the record now, right, and just say I'm mm. going to love it. I'm gonna go into with positive thoughts, positive feelings, <sighs> positive positive everything. I'm gonna love it. Yeah, I love the book. I love the 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 world. In I there. have so much about it, and I want to like it. But even like looking at the suit, I'm like, why is this suit fucking like paisleyed out with like so much fucking texture on it? Just have a white fucking suit. I like, know. I, th- I think they're like, I think they're probably terrified of that. Though I can imagine that's a daunting thing for anybody to to kind of do. But hey, hey look, 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 look. Just cop on, yeah. He does. He ha- he hasn't just tied a tie. He's tied like a fucking ornate seven layer fucking knot. Summon the suit. Don't, stop uh. stop 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 don't go there we don't know it could all be red herrings right just I know it's not I know it's not but just please be good please be good I saw pictures of Declan Shalvey at the premiere I'm delighted, delighted for him yes. it's amazing that they've yeah. turned this into this thing himself and his sister I think were there I want to love it I want to love it yeah I want to love yeah. it too Um, I don't think I have any news in terms of uh, if I watched anything or read anything Um, I certainly had intentions but I didn't. Oh, I did actually get uh, this week. I did get a copy of Michael Fifes or Michelle Fifes, I think. Uh, Copper round one signed by him. Oh, yeah. Amazing. It's a graphic novel that uh, I quite like. And uh, well, to be honest, I didn't like his artwork at all when I first saw it. Now I'm addicted to it. I think it's great. Yeah. Sometimes, it's weird sometimes how it happens, stuff that's um, doing something has to grow on you. Yeah. Yeah. At first when I saw it, I was like, nah. How's how's he working for D- how's he got gigs for DC and Marvel and stuff, and now it's just like dude, like I uh, like you know I I want your I want a signed copy of your book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's, yeah, it's such yeah. the opposite of it. Like and I, you start I, looking at it yeah. going, you start looking at it going. I hate this, but it makes me feel things, so I yeah. love it. You yeah, know what I mean? I, like I, suddenly it's like you. I literally got Patreon for him, and that's not where I would like. Like when when you see. Like occasionally you see comments on like YouTube or Instagram of people just going, "This is fucking shit." Like that Iron Fist book, the trad was it? Oh fucking, I never remember the name of the fucking guy. I get them mixed up. The Iron Fist and Power Man. Yes, yes, yes. Luke Cage. Yeah, it looked lovely. Where where people were like, "This is so awful and (gasps) cartoons and fucking horrible and can't like you can't draw anatomy." And it's like, buddy, you got no taste. Yeah. You know, like looking at this comment, you just got no taste. Yeah. This Zoom call will end in one minute and thirty-five seconds. Okay. Season 2, bigger, better, bolder, sexier. This podcast will end in...